Lovers, this is Fatina. And this is Bree. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. So, are you going or am I going? Um, I don't care. I have, I have a Halloween one. So, that would be, so if I you want to release it on Halloween, yes. you can go first. So, I'll go first. Mine has nothing to do with Halloween. <laughs> I did look to I, I did look to see if I could find something Halloweeny, but I surely did nope, I landed on something completely different. So today's case that I'll be telling you about is it has been dubbed a couple different names. I don't know where which one I mean they all fit it perfectly, but it's the case of Sarah Boone and Jorge Torres Jr. It's been dubbed the suitcase murder. That sounds it sounds familiar, familiar, right? Apparently there's a couple suitcase murders though, which is like makes me want to look into that a little bit more. Yeah. And there's oh my, what's so dangerous about these suitcases? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um and then it's also been called the hide and seek murder. Okay. So, it's it's a very it's I, it's a case where it's very simple but it's very very complex at the same time. So I'm excited to tell you about it and discuss it because I think I told you before we started like the facts are super quick. What happened? There's no big mystery of what happened. So I'll start with this. So Sarah Boone, uh, this happened in Winter Park, Florida. So something in the water in Florida. I think this is my second Florida case in a row. Sarah Boone, at the time when this happened, was 42 years old. She had, uh, she was recently divorced. Um, she, her and her previous husband had a nine-year-old boy at this point. Okay. Um, they were completely separated. She had her own apartment. She also had been dating uh, her new boyfriend for the last three, three and a half years, who's Jorge Torres. And I'm sorry, his name is spelled J-O-R-G-E, and most everywhere calls him George mm-hmm. instead of Jorge. I don't know which one he preferred to go by. Sure. And so... You can make an assumption. But... You know, everyone calls it George when, when you're listening to stuff. Yeah. And I will go with George moving forward because there was an interview with his brother where... They referred to him as George, and he never corrected them. So I'm assuming they just knew his brother as George. Sure. Either way. Yeah. So uh, Sarah and George had been dating for three, three and a half years at this point. Now, to say that their relationship was volatile and toxic is putting it lightly. Mm. They both had problems with alcohol and Maybe some type of other, um, either prescription abuse or something like that. I'm not quite sure on that end, but what led up to all of this was mostly the alcohol abuse. Okay. We know from Sarah's ex-husband, he was also interviewed on this. He said that Sarah was trying to be a good mother, but because of her alcohol problem, she wasn't as present as uh, I'm sure the kid wanted her to be, mm-hmm. as he needed her to be, as she wanted to be. She wanted to be a great mother, but, you know, very often she would be calling him to switch the days that they had the kid or, hey, I can't pick up the kid from school like I promised, etc., etc. Her uh, income was primarily from divorce settlement money. Mm-hmm. She did not have um, a job that I know of that I could find. Eventually, though, Sarah and George got an apartment together in Winter Park, which from what I gathered is a very, like, middle social economic area. It's very nice. Okay. The whole city is very kept up, and there's palm trees, and it's kind of the, the kind of uh, city where it's a lot of boulevards, so a lot of very neat lawns when you go down the big stretches. Mm-hmm. So very manicured, very manicured. That's a good word. Yeah. So they lived in this apartment complex and 
going to the night of the murder, so February 24th, although they had had problems before, apparently this was a really good day. It was a Sunday. It was a beautiful day outside. She had a, they had a little back porch into, uh, from their condo. And she said that they went out to the backyard. They were drinking some wine. They came back inside. They were putting a puzzle together. Mm-hmm. So they were just having kind of like a long date day, you know. Sure. They were building a puzzle together. She said they were playing some other games. And they were also watching some movie trailers. Just hanging out. Yeah. Seems normal so far. As the night progresses... She said that they decided to play hide-and-seek. Seems innocent enough. Yeah. And she said that she... or And here's where it gets a little tricky. We don't know whose idea it was for George to get in the suitcase so that Sarah could go hide. And then he would come out of the suitcase and go look for her. That was the idea. That is what Sarah's saying that the idea was that night. I didn't... I am so claustrophobic. Are you even talking about just willingly climbing into a suitcase makes yeah. me want to throw up? And this is, you know, those... Not, yeah, okay, so the big suitcases. You know still what I'm talking small. about? Still too small. Yeah. And, these, yes. and this guy's a slim guy. Um... But he's tall, mm-hmm. so I he was crammed in there. Also sounds like a really drunk decision <laughs> when you're playing hide-and-seek. Okay, I'm going to get in the suitcase yeah, suit and hide, yeah. and then you're <laughs> go hide. And it, and it almost, it makes you think, like, it had to be willingly. Because he, so he, so here's what happened. So he got in the suitcase, mm-hmm. and, um... What she's saying happened is that she tried to go hide. She went upstairs to the bed and she fell asleep and forgot about it. Woke up the next morning at around 11 and realized the house was kind of quiet. Went to go open the suitcase and he was dead. Oh my God. Pulled him out. And according to her, tried doing CPR. There is a 911 call uh-huh. of the operator telling her, walking her through the process, like interlock your fingers, use the heel of the palm of the heel of your palm, you know, to do right between the breastbones, like do compressions, count out loud for me. Go to the beat of staying alive. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and and here's and what makes it really curious is in the call to 911. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll do that because there's a lot to pull apart from that 911 call. It makes you think, is there more that could have been done? Sure. Did she do what she said she was doing? Location of the emergency. 4748 France Court, apartment 3. 4748, what's the street name? France, F-R-A-N-T-Z. And the apartment number? Three. Is this a police or medical? My boyfriend is dead. It's a medical. Okay, send the line for the fire department. Do not hang up. The answer to your question is medical. <laughs> so right now she's getting transferred over to dispatch. Sure. Sure. At first, I thought she hung up, but mm-hmm. really, it was like a transfer. That's good. No, please don't leave. Four seven four eight France Lane, apartment three. France Court. France Court. Yes. Okay, is this near Mackenzie Drive? I don't know where that is. Okay. It's Kilwood Park Apartments. Okay, 
Okay, what's your apartment number? That's pretty long, okay. and it goes on a couple more minutes. So it takes the paramedics, I, I believe, uh, five minutes to get there in total from the moment that she gets onto the oh, right dispatcher. Fast. Pretty fast. Yeah. And for the timeline on this, so remember, she said that she woke up at around 11, and she did not um, register that he wasn't like in bed with her or anything. She said that she walked downstairs and it's a two-story condo, that she noticed it was, like, kind of quiet in the morning. It's 11 o'clock, so mm-hmm. she said that at that point, her story's a little choppy because she said that, you know, they had been drinking a little bit and, and whatnot the night before, but 11 a.m., she wakes up. That 911 call wasn't made till 12.50. Okay, yeah, so almost two hours Two later. hours later. Yeah. And before she made the 911 call, she actually called her ex her ex-husband and asked him to come over. Apparently told him the situation and told him to ask him to come over. Now, it's uh, I'm not sure and I tried finding this, but whether she called him the ex-husband mm-hmm. or if he called her and she picked up because apparently that was her day to have the kid. Okay. And he and she wasn't picking up. 
And so the ex-husband said that at around 11, he started calling every 30 minutes. Okay. So it might have been one of those calls that actually woke her up. Sure. And eventually, again, not sure who called who, Mm -hmm. but we know that she talked to him before she even called the police. She didn't even call 911 until the ex-husband got there. Right. Which was about 5-10 minutes. He doesn't live too far from her apartment. So when the husband got there, or the ex-husband, excuse me, he told her, like, yeah, you need to call 911. Yeah. So although we don't hear him in the call, he's there on the premises. Uh-huh. And we know now that he crossed, like, he put a foot into the threshold, but he didn't actually step in because he realized there's a fucking dead body there. Right. He's like, I'm not... Absolutely not. No, not getting any of my you, DNA. You're alone on this one. Uh-huh. So at that point, the paramedics get there. Uh, he's DOA. Mm-hmm. George is com- DOA. There is no resuscitating him. She starts getting, there's obviously detectives on the scene ASAP, right? They dispatch forensics and everything to the scene. They cordon it off. They put yellow tape around it, and there's a detective. And all. Of, and what's really interesting about this is that the body cam is available, the 911 call is available, and I will show you some other videos here in just a second that are also available. But at the scene, the body cam of the detectives, they are walking in, of course, to a situation that they're trying to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah. And it's odd because she's being very consistent with her story of this hide-and-seek game. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating is that throughout this entire thing, for all the stuff that's available to see on this, she maintains this sense of, it's a mistake. Why am I in trouble for this? It's a mistake. Why am I in trouble? We were playing. It was innocent. I didn't, like, mean to kill him. I didn't, I don't think I killed him. He, I don't know what happened to him when he was in that suitcase. And it must have been something that happened while he was in there. So that's why on the 911 call, she starts hinting at maybe he had an aneurysm. Or I don't know if he had like a heart attack while he was in there, she says. So she's trying to say that it wasn't the act of leaving him in that suitcase overnight. That is what killed him. It was some other factor that came into. And she is very much hungover Uh when this is happening, Mm -hmm. when they're talking to her. She's she's very disheveled looking. And what, what she's doing is she's asking for cigarettes and her Dr. Pepper that was in the counter, on the counter. Um, and the detectives are like, no, we, we that, that's a crime scene right now. Right. You, we can't go in there. You can't go in there. We can't take anything out for you. Yeah. Like, we'll see if an officer has cigarettes that we can get you one, but just like sit there on the curb. Don't, don't do anything else. She, and how I know and how like everyone knows, uh, one of the telltale signs of being hungover is like your body needs hydration. Yeah. Your body is like needing water mm-hmm. right so she is so i'm sure she has like cotton mouth i was gonna say you're you're just like a desert yes so she goes to the hose that's outside and drinks water this bitch is hung over yeah and they're asking her you know what they're drinking and she's not lying about that she's like yeah we we you know we had one bottle of wine she says like you can see the bottle of wine yeah, on the right. counter blah 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 and they're like well you know were you both drunk like how drunk were you they're trying to figure out what's going on and she's like oh no 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 like i just had a couple of glasses of wine like we were hanging out all day it was such a good day she keeps emphasizing that it was such a good day it was a mega pint it- <laughs> It was a Carlo Rossi she, bottle. She had a couple. Just, just a few mega to jug. <laughs> and they, so she's downplaying the fact of how much they were drinking or how much she drank. Well, a hundred percent. You don't, something like that yeah. doesn't happen after just a couple Mm-mm. glasses of wine. 
Unless no. you're trying to, I, you know, we'll get there. But yeah. <laughs> so she's totally downplaying the fact, the, the, the amount of alcohol that she would have had the night before. And she says that the reason why, you know, she didn't drink that much was because the next day she would have had her son and she had to wake up early and she had, bitch, 11 o'clock is not early. Mm-mm. But that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> So she's downplaying all of this and then she's asking very weird questions and it almost reminded me of Chris Watts. Uh-huh. That he kept asking like okay, if this happens, what happens next? Sure. You know? So she kept asking like who's going to notify his family? And the detectives are like, well, we will do the notification. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And I think at first it sounded like an innocent enough question. Sure. Like, shit, do I have to tell his family? Right. But then she follows up with other questions that, uh, or she says other things where it makes you wonder what the hell is going on here? Because she says that as soon as his family finds out, they're going to want to kill her. Because she said that his family always thought that something like this would happen and that they would think automatically she killed him. And the detectives are like, oh, here's a string. Let me pull it. Why do you think that? Uh What makes you think that they would think that? Just left the door wide open. And I think... She might have thought this, and now knowing the full thing, his family kind of did think this. They, his brother called her batshit crazy uh-huh. because their relationship was always so volatile. Right. And I think maybe not just her, but their relationship definitely caused a wedge between him and his family. Mm-hmm. So, again, not maybe not necessarily her. But the relationship of them together was not healthy, and it would always be issues. Yeah, I mean, when you see someone in an unhealthy relationship like that, and especially when you're watching one of your mm-hmm. loved ones be with somebody who brings out the worst mm-hmm. in them, and, you know, they refuse your advice, or they, you start losing contact yep. because you're expressing your you know, dislike of their yeah. significant... Yeah, that totally creates yep, that's a, wedge. a wedge. That day is finished. They interrogate her on the scene. You know, they put her in the cop car and they talk to her a little bit more. Um, but they don't They do not do an arrest that day, mm-hmm. right? They're still trying to figure it out. Like, not really a whole lot. Is this just like a really bad freaking freak accident type right. of situation? What's the whole hide-and-seek game? What is that playing into this? So, the very next day, the detectives ask her to come down to the precinct. Mm -hmm. The interrogation video is all available. And this is what I think I watched, like, four different times. (laughs) It's about three hours long. And... I... Because it's the really small things that she does. Her body language is so fascinating to watch. She does a lot of... She's a textbook self-soother. Okay. So she's the kind that will constantly be touching herself in one way or another, either picking at her fingernails or grabbing her wrists together or putting her hands on her neck, on the back of her neck, pushing her fingers through her hair like a you know like comb. Mm-hmm. And... I, I of course seen this, you know, but I didn't know what the names of it were. So I learned through this case that they're called pacifiers. So just like a baby pacifier. Yeah, yeah. It's a self-soothing thing that they do to feel like they have some sort of control, Mm -hmm. either of their body language or of what they're saying. It's all sub, you know, subconscious. Yes. Activity. So, and what she tries to do and is try to keep an open body language. So the way that they set it up in the interrogation room, and if you haven't 
uh, read more into this. I'd love to do an episode just on this kind of stuff, but they did an open area type of thing. So they left the table up against the wall. There was nothing between them. Mm-hmm. And it was two detectives. One was in the corner. She was up against a flat wall. And it was there was nothing in between them. So there was nothing for her to continue that um, building that barrier, to sort of say, mm-hmm. um, physically and, and whatnot. So... <sighs> Sorry, it's kind of long-winded, but it's so interesting to me that they start talking to her again. Okay, tell us again what happened. And she does not deviate yeah. from what she's saying happened. Right. We had a good day. We are building puzzles. We drank some wine. We decided to play hide-and-seek. He went into the suitcase, and I went upstairs to... She says hide at first, but I think this is where she starts slipping up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because the detective asked her exactly what I think I would have asked her. Why would you go hide on top of the bed? (laughs) She didn't ask her in that way. But... (laughs) I got on the bed and got underneath the covers. (laughs) Um, I went and hid on top of the bed. You know, and I think it would have been more believable if she had said something like, I went into the closet and I fell asleep there. Totally. Or I went in under the, the bed. Bathtub with under the, the bed. Yeah. yeah. Under yeah, the bed. In the bed. bathtub. Yes. Yeah. You know, if she would have said like, shit, I woke up in a panic. I was in the closet in the morning. I didn't know how, you know, why I was still there. Yeah. And realized he never found me. <laughs> so <laughs> she's saying that she just went upstairs because the suitcase was downstairs. And fell asleep. And at first they asked her, like, did you fall asleep or did you drunk pass out? Right. Big difference. Mm -hmm. And she says, no, she fell asleep. Mm -hmm. Because she's still trying to uh, downplay and minimize the fact that she was drinking more than casual drinking. Yeah. So... I mean, from the time that she says she went to bed, so it, may, it was around midnight, to 11 o'clock in the morning. That's 11 hours. Um, and that's assuming that she took him out of the suitcase right at 11. Right. So she said that, you know, they had this idea. He went in there that she had left some of the zipper unzipped so that he could get his fingers through and undo the zipper uh-huh. so that he could then go out and find her. But then the detectives, they had her phone at this point. She was so drunk that she captured video. Oh my God. I was going to say she took pictures. She took videos. Oh my God. These videos, I can hear him. It's, heartbreaking it is heartbreaking I will post this on the murder lovers page yeah because although they are publicly available Uh I explicit and it doesn't show anything um you all you see is a suitcase yeah (sighs) sorry George is begging begging Sarah to let him out. And he's saying, Sarah, Sarah, babe, I I can't fucking breathe. Let me out. Oh, my God. Help me. Help me get out. I can't fucking breathe. And she's laughing at him. She's laughing at him, telling him that that's how she feels when he, like, cheats on her. And he keeps saying, Sarah, Sarah. And she says, that's my name. Don't wear it out. Oh, my God. I'm just, like, so... She thought she had deleted these videos. Well, matter of fact, she did delete the videos. But luckily, it had to have been an iPhone. Yeah. You can go see your deleted videos. Yeah. 
you have a deleted folder once you delete things yeah. and you have to go delete that folder. They confront her with this video in the interrogation room. They put it on the laptop and they play it for her. She asks if she has to watch it. Yeah, you do. And she doesn't want to watch it, doesn't want to hear it. And yeah, the detective's like, yeah, you do. You do. Mm-hmm. Either you explain it, here's your opportunity to explain what the hell's going on. Right. Or we're going to take it for what it is, which is you are taunting him. You're telling him to fuck right off mm-hmm. while he's begging for his life and telling you he cannot breathe. And it is after this that you go upstairs and fall asleep and completely forget about him. They also had an autopsy that morning before they brought her in. He had a lot of injuries. He had scratches all over him. Mm -hmm. Some could be explained to sex marks, like scratches down his back, whatever. Sure. But there were injuries that um, he had bruises and contusions all over his body that could not be, that she is not owning up to. In regards to, like, we had a fight Mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Her explanation was that he is very clumsy and he runs into walls all the time. Those fucking walls, you know. (laughs) They just jump out at you. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So, she has no explanation for his injuries. Now, this wasn't, this piece of the puzzle wasn't put together till after this, this interview the detectives found out from a neighbor that the night before, at around that nighttime, 11.30 to midnight, 12.30 time, they heard a big thud. So, the working theory is that maybe the suitcase started upstairs. Oh. And... From the night before? He got pushed down the stairs in the suitcase. Oh. She's not owning up to that. And I don't think that at that point they knew to ask her, where did the suitcase start? Uh Uh-huh. Was it downstairs already? You know, did it, where was it? Yeah. You know, they didn't think to ask her that then. I don't know if it'll come out in trial, but they didn't ask her where that started. But that is the working theory due to his unexplained injuries. They would only make sense if someone tumbled from a flight of stairs. Interesting. And so, in the suitcase, obviously there's no uh, concrete evidence as to how his body was positioned inside the suitcase since he was already outside of it when the paramedics came in. But it's assumed that it was knees to chest Uh type of thing. Yeah, fetal position. Fetal position. So it's because of that position and obviously... Both combination of his weight, his height, the position, um, his technical cause of death was positional asphyxiation. Uh huh. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's the case. That is crazy. <laughs> um, and I'll and I'll show you here the video. Um, so she hasn't gone to trial? She, oh, so because it happened 18 with trials and everything, you know, they keep COVID. moving it up. And then COVID, it was set for May, then June. And then, so right now it's set for November 7th okay. of 2022. Okay. So that's why I pulled the trigger on it. Because there's no, even though there's been no conviction on it, uh-huh. there's mm-hmm. no um, ambiguity as to like, what happened? Mm-hmm. It's more of like, why did it happen? You know what I mean? Right. Because we know that it was in the suitcase. Yeah. With only them two in the house. Right. And we know the aftermath of her, quote unquote, doing CPR. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger on it. Even though it's like, like I said, it hasn't been through trial yet. Yeah. Because I thought it'd be interesting knowing what we know. 
if this were to go to full trial, it'd be it'd be nice to follow along with it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because I I have questions. Yeah. That. What questions I've, do you have? Because I might have not said it, but. Well, I mean, I mean, questions and just like thoughts, like okay, let's say the suitcase did start upstairs and she pushed it down the stairs. Is there any evidence of like? damage done to the stairs I, or the walls that would support that theory mm-hmm. of that because I could imagine I mean I don't know let's just say he's average size uh, 160 pounds yeah give or take he's he's a slim guy yeah, yeah you know I would imagine depending on the material of the stairs or whatever that there would be some scrapes or maybe bumps Fence or, or something mm-hmm, like that scuff marks Something. I'm interested in if he's in the fetal position, were there any bruises on the front of his body? Were they all on the back mm-hmm. or back of head? Because he would have been in that position in the suitcase. Yeah. So it'll just be interesting to see yeah. what comes of I that. feel like And that, she probably won't testify. I don't know if she'll take the stand. I don't know, but he, she's so crazy, and she thinks so highly of herself. And something that was very odd in this is that in the, at the beginning of the interview, she kept saying that she was a straight-A student and that she's, like, never done anything wrong and that they, and, like, she kept saying that, she kept trying to imply, I'm very smart. I'm smarter than doing something stupid like this. The last time she was in in the school setting, there are a setting, lot of indi- intelligent people, ma'am, that have committed yeah. pretty heinous crimes. Stupid, so. yeah. So the last time she was in school was twenty years ago. So I don't know <laughs> why. She's <laughs> like, I think I was a good student. I'm surprised she didn't like read out her Girl Scout badges. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, oh these God. will not help you in this situation. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. So she's she's very weird. Also, while she's in jail right now, she's gone through a couple different attorneys. And I think that's because I mean, a combination of attorneys not wanting to like provide her counsel. Yeah. But also, I think she might be hard to deal with and you're like just you know what? Bye. Yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of thing. I was gonna ask: Was this a voluntary resignation? Was this a case of like hired and fired? And she wrote this letter to the the sitting judge that's gonna be on the case. And if I, the best way to explain this letter, it she uses every ten dollar word she has. <laughs> and it is a word vomit salad it's like very she tries to sound so intelligent yeah and I mean and I can't say she's not but she thinks she's untouchable kind of thing Mm -hmm. and she is I think she's convinced that this like accidental narrative is going to save her right and and who knows i guess we'll see because she will have her day in court right Uh, but i think you're right like the question of whether or not he was thrown down the stairs in the suitcase is begging for a reenactment if you ask me yeah totally i think kind of like the staircase that's exactly (laughs) what i thought of yeah Put a dummy in a, in a suitcase and uh-huh. see what happens and, you know, what the results are of that. So, um, let me see if there's anything else I'm forgetting about this case. She's just very, very interesting. I, I'm going to sh- uh, play you. Well, even in the 911 call, like, in the very beginning of it, I just don't believe her. Not that someone couldn't be in shock, but she doesn't. If I were in her positions, and that is honest to God what happened, and it was a game of hide-and-seek, I would be freaking the fuck out the second I got on the phone with dispatch. Like, oh my God, you know. Yeah. Da-da-da-da, whatever. But she sounds not calm, but she's... Cool and collected. She just... (sighs) I mean... 
her reaction just doesn't seem very believable to me. She sounds a little bit more panicked once she's starting to do like CPR and stuff. That but... was another thing. If if you if you've ever even seen anything on TV fictionalized or in real life where someone's doing CPR, you're supposed to do like like I think your whole body weight, you know. It's, it's supposed to be it's exhausting. hard because you're hard. trying to inflate and deflate someone's freaking lungs. Exactly. And she is counting so casually. And I'm like, there's no way you could get to 10. Yeah. And not be out of breath. Exactly. And I don't see that. Mm -mm. And I think that's something that's... She's just like with two fingers. One, (laughs) two, three. And one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But she's like, oh, oh, he gurgled. Yeah. I think at that point, if she did, you know, do a compression, it was... It was, was just, residual. Yeah. Breath that was yeah. available. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. So here's, uh, let me see if I can cue this up. What I want you to listen at is her voice. Okay. Um, do you want to watch it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First thing you've done to me. For everything you've done to me. Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) Stupid. It's my name. Don't wear it up. I can't fucking breathe, babe. Yeah, that's when you do when you choke me. Sarah, I can't breathe, babe. That's on you. Sarah, I can't breathe. It's on you. Sarah. Real ransom. Might want to give me for it extra. Because <laughs> I got this. Sarah. Real ransom. Sarah. Sarah, I can't. I can't breathe, babe. Oh. That's what Sarah. I feel like when you chewing on me. Fuck you! Yeah, you should probably shut the fuck up. So okay, well they (laughs) they would have that video time stamped. Yes, it was at eleven fifty-two. And if he it was eleven minutes. Oh my god! If he was thrown down the stairs the night before. I feel like that scene wouldn't have played out like that into like the next. That was downstairs already. Yeah. But did the neighbors hear a thud the night before it happened? Mm, or they no. heard a thud that night? That night. Oh, okay. So this might, if the theory, if I'm thinking of the theory mm-hmm. thing correctly, mm-hmm. it would be that this video would have been after being thrown down the stairs. Correct, yes, because yep. he's downstairs. Okay, sorry. I was yeah. thinking that the neighbors had heard a thud from the previous night, Mm-mm. and then we get to the night of, and then the next one. Okay, so all of that was all yep. in one evening. Gotcha, gotcha. And there's a second video that's shorter. I think it's three minutes, and the suitcase is in a different position. It's uh-huh. on its uh, other side. So, and she admits to moving it. So... She's right there. And she sounds wasted. Wasted. I, okay, Like she so... has marbles in her mouth, wasted. <laughs> Never heard that. I all. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's slurred. It is yeah. like the, the shut the fuck up part. That's the, oh, that clicked for me. I was like, woo, girl, mm-hmm. you're, whew. Those consonants are not hitting right now. <laughs> like, they are not. No. And, you know, between these two videos, one is a little excruciating 11 minutes long. Like, yeah, that's really hard to watch. That is hard. And it's weird because it's not visually traditionally gruesome. Like, it's not blood and it's not a person. But you know and you can hear. The you energy be... of the video Oof. is... 
you, you don't need all the extra stuff. That's <gasps> that's painful. Yeah. The pain in his voice. Yeah. Begging for his life is palpable. Like, it's... And what makes it extra sad, I mean, it would be sad regardless, but it's not like he's in the suitcase, like, screaming back at her. Like, like, open the fucking suitcase, you stupid, you know, whatever. He's like, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, like, like just so, I mean, obviously helpless, but just, like, so helpless. And that, and then she's just sitting there laughing at him. The way he says Sarah. Yeah. And he's still calling her babe. You're right. Like, it's not a, it's not a back and forth thing at this point. Like, she definitely has the upper hand in what's going on. Mm -hmm. And she has the means to fucking fix it. Yeah. But she's she's sitting there choosing not to. Yeah. Laughing. And I... Yeah, that video. It's weird because it's not what you would think of, but I put this right at the top of, like, fucking, like, never forget videos for me. Yeah, and I mean, (sighs) there's no right way about it, but there's, like, you know, two ways to kill somebody. You either do it quickly or you do it slowly. And the type of people that get joy out of doing it Mm. slowly, Mm -mm. there is a special place in hell for those types of people. Like you are, you're an exceptional kind of fucked up to do it slowly. To do it slowly. Yeah. It's disgusting. Get enjoyment from that. So, yeah, that's the case of George Torres Jr. He left behind three kids. Mm. He was one of nine siblings. Sarah is in, you know, jail, waiting for her day in trial. Her, um, but it's a very interesting case because I wonder if they're going to play the, like, diminished capacity card due to the alcoholism. I mean, alcoholism is a mental defect. Yeah. And, you know, they both had, they had both caught cases because of each other before, Mm -hmm. too. And part of their relationship was that she, oh, I totally forgot to mention this because I just summed it up with it's a bad relationship. But, you know, a couple months prior, they would, um, they called the cops on each other or, the neighbors called the cops on them and the cops couldn't really figure out who was the aggressor. So aggressor. So they're like, you're both going to jail. Yeah. And which is the right move. Right. And, um, what kept happening is that she eventually got a restraining order against him Mm -hmm. and she would weaponize this. Um, I don't think it was in effect when this happened, but in, you know, the three years that they've had together, when she did have a restraining order against him, she would ask him to come over, they would make up, and then the moment he did something that wasn't to her liking, call the cops. Restraining order. Yeah. Yep. He's here. He has a restraining yeah. order. So, not healthy. No. Not that this excuses this behavior. And something else that I found really interesting is that as smart as she thinks she is, you know, what she could have said, and not that I'm on her defense team, but I'm just thinking like a normal human here. If you're going to play this like, oh, hide and seek card, like we play this, you're 42, kind of odd, but whatever, you do you. Yeah. She said that they never, they never, or they played hide and seek about three times in their whole relationship. So it, it was something that they'd done before. And... I think what I would have said was, you know, if we're trying to get away from murder, um, <laughs> is like, you know, we live in this condo, we've played hide and seek before, and we were, you know, running out of ideas of how to keep hide and seek interesting, so we thought this would be one way to, like, switch things up and, like, play cool, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or, you know, we or we had this ongoing thing where we would try to hide in the weirdest, smallest places, Right. But none of that came out. She just thought that putting down this very flimsy groundwork of, oh, we play hide and seek. 
and we've done it before, no big deal, Mm -hmm. that that was going to be enough to carry through this, oh, they do it all the time, this one was just a freak accident. But I don't think she did enough, a a good enough job of laying down that groundwork of, we do this all the time. Yeah. And I think that's going to be one of her downfalls, many other downfalls. but Yeah. So, yeah, that's the case. We'll see how it develops November 7th. So I, I'm going to keep an eye on it. There's a couple true crime or courtroom TV channels like on YouTube. I'll see if, if they put them up. And a lot of the, I mean, it's public, right? right. So um, I'll see if there's like a link to a Zoom because a lot of courtrooms are doing Zoom now too. Right, right, right. So we'll see if something's available. And if so, I'll let you guys know so we can talk about it. That's it. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. I'm so distraught. I'm sorry. I no, know. it's fine. It's just like... But that video is fucking crazy. That's wild. The fact that she... The fact that she even took it, I don't see how she could not be found guilty in some form or fashion. Yeah. Purely yeah. on that on that. I mean, at the very least, manslaughter. At the very least. Very least. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure she's being charged with murder. Um, I think murder one. Um, I'll have to look that up and I'll put that on the, on the description, but yeah, very interesting case, so. That's wild. Super wild. Well, we'll be tuned in to... That'll be a good follow-up mm-hmm. episode yeah. based off of what happened, so... All right. That's a so, good place to leave off. That is a good place to drop yeah. off. So, uh, for all of you listeners, thank you so much for... If you're new here, welcome. Hope you like that episode. And if you, um, if you have the chance, please give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, if you have an opportunity, we'd love to see you check us out on patreon.com. If you are a Patreon, hopefully you are receiving your gifts sometime this week. They went out last week, so it shouldn't be too much longer before you receive your gift for October. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.